Hello and welcome to this special Sean Connery episode of Down the Back of the Chauffeurs. Oh, nice. <laughs> the podcast with Stephen Rush that embraces everything, not only the shiny new penny you found, but also the half-chewed toffee covered in fluff. Shh. Uh, I don't think anyone's winning any awards with that impression. <laughs> Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, Chief Metallurgist to King Charles V of Spain, and I'm at your service. Greetings! We are two friends who have known each other for ten years. Well, that's the end of that then. It <laughs> 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 realised we do go on a bit about our geekdom and thought, let's record ourselves when it happens. And here we are. Um, Yeah, this is a, a sort of celebratory episode of Sean Connery who we sadly sort of lost on the 31st of October this year so we're going to go through a few of his films uh, not so much like the when we've done like the Terminator or the Rambo films uh, so we're just going to talk about him in general so um Russ have you been I haven't spoken to you for a while no I've been all right Steve uh Christmas just around the corner um, new consoles have been released, which is a very exciting time for the people that can actually oh, get one. I was going to say, are you getting one? or you? Uh... I've got the Xbox Series X. I did get that. Um, I was going to go for the PS5. I would like to think that eventually I would get one, but reading some of the things out there, it seems that they're having a few issues with it at the minute. So probably best uh, to, to, to wait for them to iron those out before buying one. Yeah, isn't there a few people getting some dodgy stuff getting delivered rather than a console? Yeah, that's Am- Amazon drivers. Yeah, they're um, emptying the boxes out and replacing them with something else. <laughs> there, was this, um, a, me th- there was this video the other day that I saw where this Amazon driver, she dropped boxes outside someone's house, um, took photographs of the boxes, and then took them again. But this person had CCTV, so he recorded the lot. Ah, nice one. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it never used to happen with other consoles. No. Yet. It's because it these are so to hard to get hold of because they're in limited supply because they can't make them as quick as uh, what they, they need, need to. So. But still exciting times, new, new console generation. So, yeah, always always fun and exciting. Um, yeah, I, um, I spoke to you a little while back. I had to update my VR headset because yeah. the other one completely went dead on me because so i think at the back of the strap that goes at the back of the head there's a th- very thin wire that does the audio right but it snapped and I, and I is it actually yeah and i think it snapped inside because it, i've just worn it out and amount of times i've put it <laughs> on and uh so yeah I've, I've got the same one as you now i've got the rift s so nice. i couldn't believe it it was like going to hd yeah yeah i can't i couldn't believe it really yeah yeah i could not believe how much the resolution is lower on the original rift 
hmm. as it is to the Rift S. Yeah, it's hmm. surprising, very surprising. Okay, Sean Connery, his real name Thomas Sean Connery, was born on the 25th of August 1930 in Edinburgh. And, wow, you know, his career, even before he started in acting, he was a milkman, a lorry driver, a labourer, an artist model for Edinburgh College of Art, a coffin polisher, <laughs> and a bodybuilder. And um, at the age of 23, he decided not to be a professional footballer and become an actor instead, which I'm quite pleased about. And he joined the Royal Navy as well. He did, yeah. He was he was uh, discharged, I think, for medical reasons. But in uh, 1988, he won his Academy Award for the supporting actor in Untouchables. Uh, in 1989, he's pro- proclaimed the sexiest man alive by People magazine. Clearly in his glasses. And in, <laughs> and in 1999, he was voted the sexiest man of the century. What? Yeah, well, he just picked me. It was literally just a few points ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what was the fir- I mean, I was trying to think, what was the first film you think you ever saw him in? Well... From a young age, I wasn't really into the, the Bond films as much as what I am today. So I don't think it would have been a Bond film. Um, I can't honestly remember. I really can't remember. Um, no, I don't know. I think for me, it was the Bonds. It was one of because they they used to be like a you know a staple bank holiday or Christmas type thing, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always have a Bond coming on. In all honesty, and, I, it uh, wouldn't surprise me if it was Highlander. Yeah, yeah, I love that film. Yeah, but I don't remember much hearing him much before that. You know, what I was quickly going to say was, you find with a lot of actors, they've all like come from a acting background environment where like either their parents were actors or they were in the film industry in some way. But just reading up about Sean Connery is interesting to see. Like his his, his mum was a, a an industrial technician cleaner, and his his dad was a factory worker and a, and a lorry driver. So he's you know he's one of these guys that literally come. Come from nothing. Um, yeah, probably brought up on a on a council estate. Um, literally come from nothing, and I just for me, I think that they 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 become the better actors than these actors that are just given these acting roles because they've got family in the, in the profession already. Um, I just think that they they give a better performance because they've had them early life experiences that they can lend to the roles that they're, they're playing. And I just think they ultimately become better actors. When he's sixty-two, when he when he won the the part of Bond, when he was took out, I think by the director, and they got the suit and everything, because he was talking about the the budget for the clothes was a lot higher than you know the, the budget for the film, yeah. you know, so to speak, because you know it, it, it was making that Bond character. Bond, James Bond. I think he was saying in the beach scene uh, where he, he sees uh, Ursula Andress, he, he sort of they was. Both of them were were, were digging the the sand yeah. because they couldn't afford to get any equipment there to actually move the sand how they wanted it in the shot. You know, both broccoli and and saltsman were actually doing it on their own with with spades. So that's how low that budget was for mm-hmm. that first film. And he says if anybody would say that, you know, they knew this first film was going to be a hit, it was literally talking out the other end because nobody knew. No, nobody knew, and, and he probably took it on because he was wanting to make a, a, a name for himself. And to be honest with you, there probably wasn't being paid that well um, 
So, you know, a lot of other actors may have turned it down because the fact that it wasn't that highly paid, where, you know, he was kind of like, as I say, talking from the background he, he, he had, he was probably just happy to get some kind of work uh, uh, in an acting role. Yeah, because um, from a Bond point of view, he was in seven of the Bonds, Doctor No, From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, Diamonds Are Forever, and the Never Say Never Again, which is basically a remake of Thunderball, because the rights wasn't just, you know, with uh, Broccoli. Wasn't there like, um, he, he left the part, and then was it George Lazenby came in for one, and then in John Conrad then that came was, back? Yeah, that was between You Only Live Twice and Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. have you got a favourite Bond of his, but a favourite movie of his, of his? a Bond Bond-wise? Oh. Um... No, they're all they're all pretty special, really. Um, I think the first one, not to know, he yeah. was in because um, just for the simple fact is that that scene where he first announces who he is in the casino where he's smoking the cigarette. Apparently, um, it took them I've forgotten how long it was, but they recorded that so many times because he couldn't get it right on on how to say his name. And uh, the female actor that was um, that was opposite him, I can't I can't remember her name. He was like starting to get a bit, like a bit annoyed with it all because like they were sitting there for hours, him just constantly repeating this this same line, and he he couldn't. The director wasn't happy with just how it was coming out, and um, I don't know what happened in the end, but they they changed something in the end. He just came out of it, and it was like, yep, yeah, that's it, that's it. So I think because of the amount of effort they put in just to announce his name in the first one, um, yeah, that's pretty special. You know, nothing had been seen like that before, that sort of action film. No. You know, that was blowing everybody yeah. out of the water. It's funny because you like the first one and I like his last one. I like the Diamonds of Forever. Well, uh-huh. Never Say Never Again was his last one, but I I do like Diamonds of Forever. There's something about that. Yeah. I think it's just because the mistakes that are in it, but it was probably more my time, or I've seen that one more than anything else as the years have gone by. Uh, because you obviously got yeah. the... <clears throat> You've got the uh, stunt that goes completely wrong when they go into the that sort of alleyway on two wheels on one side yeah. and come out on the other. Yeah, the continuity of those earlier films—it's not existent, wasn't it? Exactly. And the, uh, the other one is the moon buggy. It clearly, it crashes off screen because at one point you see a wheel from the moon buggy bounce into the shot. <laughs> and it's like, hmm. But then in the next shot, they're all on there. And it's like, mm, don't get those on Was that just down a bad, bad editing? Or just not enough money on the budget? Uh, probably, or? because, uh, yeah, I mean, because he was paid a lot. Reading reading about it, he, he was... His money wasn't changing, but, of course, they were making a lot of money from the films on the back of him. And, yeah. and, I do th- and he knew that, yeah, probably, by that yeah, point. And I think that's why he wanted yeah. to negotiate. That's why he left. Because they wasn't treating him very nicely. And you think, well, you know, there is the character, but there also is the person who does it. Because, quite frankly, if it wasn't the actor that that brings the character to life, there wouldn't be all this hoo-ha about, ooh, who's going to be the next one? They'll just go, yeah, Yeah, exactly. that's it, you're going to go with it. Yeah. There's so much surrounding... It's all in a shroud of mystery, isn't it? Also, there's so many people that have opinions about who should and shouldn't be the character. And I, I can't see yeah. how Broccoli and Saltzman at the time were saying, well, basically, we can replace you with anybody. 
And Sean said, "Yeah, they could, no way could they, no okay. way." Well, they they they, they tested it with uh, George Lazenby. Even though, okay, I do actually like the film that he was in. Um, he he had obviously whether he had had enough or they had had enough of him at the end of that film. They had to bring back Sean Connery for the next one because you know they couldn't find probably find anyone else as good as him to at that particular time to take on the role. And you can see, well, you know, you say, well, all right, Roger Moore took over, but Roger Moore was a completely different Bond. Yeah, he changed the character completely. Yeah, he he was a more of a sort of like he he kind of brought a comedy, even though the the, the Sean Connery films did have some kind of comedy element to it. The 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 Bond himself was quite a serious ca- character, whereas. You know, by the time that he got changed over, he brought a more comic element to the actual character itself. Yeah, as things went on, I think it got a bit more farcical with with Roger. But then that sort of went more with him as an actor as well. So it went quite well. With Sean, um, you know, you think Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stallone has all these one-liners, but it wasn't. It was Sean. You watch those first lots of James Bonds, and there's so many one-liners in there. It's unbelievable. Shocking, yeah. positively shocking, you know all that sort yeah. of stuff. And I watched one Christmas. I watched. I think it was only up to. They were doing a lot of the, the Bonds on DVD, so that's how old that was. Uh-huh. But I, I, I watched the whole lot that was out at the time, and 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 I had a, a better uh, understanding of, of Roger Moore's Bond after watching all the making ofs because he did do a lot of his own stunts, whereas yeah. Sean didn't really do any of them. It, mm. There was always a standing or somebody else, and you can see it. You know, it's not even as far as I know, it's not even him in that in that bit of the gun barrel at the start. You yeah, know, that's not Sean. Yes, yeah, crazy. Whereas with the with with Roger Moore, it's Roger Moore in that gun barrel. Yeah, it's and crazy. It's just a shame, but I, I, and I don't know whether that was Sean not wanting to do it, or it's just the way films at the time that's the way they were made. You put a standing in, doesn't matter. But of course, with with now with four K big TVs. Able oh, to, it sticks out like a mile, doesn't it? You can see it. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just done so many. I'm mean, just going through a list of uh, some of his bigger films that we can talk about more later. I mean, like The Hill is a very good one. You know, The Man Who Would Be King, uh, Robert, even Robin and Marion, I really quite like. A Bridge Too Far, Time yeah. Bandits, Highlander. Yeah. You know, Highlander name, 2 as well. I don't know. I haven't seen that for years. I couldn't tell you, you know, what. How much of a part he had in that? Uh, quite a big part. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I have always gone with um, Highlander to the Renegade version, which I first got on Laserdisc before it was out properly right. over here as something you could buy because you could just get the normal Highlander two on on video at the time. But the director's cut is so much better. I mean, it's still a flawed film because it, it's kind of that midichlorian sort of explaining the force type thing whereas in the uh, first Thailand yeah. you know why are we here why are there stars in the sky well, and that was nice because it was like you know it, and I think that's what happened with Star Wars like anybody could be a Jedi but then it's like well no you've got these midichlorians it's like well, yeah. well, have you and it, it yeah, the second one the, the renegade version is better I mean, you've got I mean there's some but some of these films I still haven't seen like Name of the Rose Oh, there's a lot back. of his films I have, yeah. I've seen. I put, I put my hand up and was just looking at the list the, the other day, and I thought I didn't realise he had done that many films. Exactly. Really? Yeah, and there, but there's no a lot idea. of old. There's a lot of older ones. I mean, I, I don't know why, but unfortunately, I fell into the the hole of of watching the Avengers. I don't know why I did that, rather than finding Forrester. You know, yeah. I should have. I don't want to see 
Sean Connery dressed up as a teddy bear. No, you know, not really. Because that really, that film really didn't work for me. I mean, you had like the name of the Rose. I mean, you've got, you know, these three, even just these three, the untouchables. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. You know, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and the Hunt for Red October, huge films. Doctor, this is a combat vessel of the Soviet Navy, and I'm a senior combat officer. We do not cancel operations because of accidents. Mm. Even, uh, I mean, and The Rock. The Rock yeah, is oh, yeah, awesome the Rock. in that. Yeah, I it's mean, a you've great got, film. You know, Rising Sun with Wesley Snipes, you've got Dragonheart, which is just his voice as a dragon. I still loved it. Who's the girl? A nuisance. Get rid of her. Why? They're trying to placate you with a sacrifice. Uh, whoever gave them that bright idea? Never mind. Just get rid of her. Oh. Eat her. Oh, please. Yeah. Aren't we squeamish? You ate Sir Eglamour. I merely chewed in self-defense. But I never swallowed. And, um, and even his last film is not that bad. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's all he, right. He was all right. I, I didn't mind it. and I think, But I think that really put him off there was a lot of he's always wanted to uh, and i think his last few um films where he's been like an executive producer he's literally mm. said otherwise it looks like a meddling actor you know he's yeah. got really then the the reasons to ask questions and say well why yeah. is this why is that it's because he's an executive producer and he's always wanted to be involved in the creative side of things i mean there was rewrites certain things that i think george lucas got involved in when the last crusade but it was a collaborative thing where they all worked together. Yeah. You know, even I think um, there's a, a Hitchcock film that he, he did, but he wanted to see the script before he decided. No, nobody does that. Nobody asks that of Hitchcock. Nobody says, I want to see the script before I do the film. If yeah. he asks you to do the film, you normally do it. No, not with Sean. Sean wanted to see the script <laughs> first. <laughs> Make sure he's not signing up to some old rubbish. <laughs> I mean, there, there was a bit there. It's been a while since since reading this, um, but with The Rock, Michael Bay, Michael Bay was having some problems with the producers. They were because I think Michael Bay at the time he'd only really done Bad Boys, yeah, and he has a certain style. And obviously, obviously, um, what he was filming, they they were going, well, "What's going on? You know, we want to meet him. You know, I want to, no, you're not having that. You're not doing this. You're not doing that." They all sat in this room and. There was obviously Michael Bay and Sean Connery said, I'm coming along. Went, okay. So the producers come in, saw Sean, started to ask questions, and Sean stood up for Michael Bay and said, Look, this is a good film. Yeah. You need to you need to let him get on and do it. Mm. And he got all the backing that he needed. Yeah. Because Which is strange start, really, because yeah. Don Simpson died five months before the film came out. Because <laughs> yeah, you know it was always that partnership, you know Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. It was sort of like yeah. it was always them two together. Um, but yeah, uh, Don Simpson died as I say five months before The Rock came out. So um, yeah, that was the end of that. So where that yeah where that that um, conflict sort of came from, I don't know. But certainly mm. it was nice to hear Sean sticking up for Michael and saying, "Look, this is this is going to work. You'd leave him alone and just let him get on with it." Yeah. He knows what he's I think doing. what you just got to to expect, you know, when you see Michael Bain on a film, is just explosions everywhere. That's, <laughs> that's all you can expect. Lots of like, you know, just crashes and explosions, and that's that's pretty much Michael Bay. That's all you need to know. Just 
that's that's what he's going to be. That's fair enough. Well, you've got two. You got you got Michael Bay with explosions, and you got JJ Abrahams with lens flare. So that's yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do a director special just for all the pieces. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for you know. There's obviously been a lot of things about Sean, you know, he's he's very sort of, you know, Scottish and stuff like that, and it's like, well, you know, even some of his award ceremonies where people have said, you know, you're a staunch Scottishman when you're living in the Bahamas. Exactly. Like, <laughs> how can you yeah. be that when you're living? And it clearly, there's, there's this conflict of, yes, I want to stick up for where I was born, but I don't really want to live there because I don't want to pay so much tax, so I'm going to exactly. live in the Bahamas. Yeah. And, they, but also from his point of view, a little bit like Harrison Ford to a certain extent. You know, he's 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 a movie maker. He he wants to make movies. He's not the characters that are in his films. And he's and he said that uh, in one of his interviews, there's a there's a gap that's been widening in Hollywood for a long time, and it's between the people that greenlight films and the people that make them. Yeah. And he said there's one problem with Hollywood is they don't say they can't say I don't know. Mm. And and it's those things where if you don't understand, they'll never say that, and that's where the problems come into it. Where you've got people just not giving people the chance, or they'll stop them to stop this creativity because they don't understand. They're just money people, mm. and I think that's another reason why he came out of the business because he was just sick and tired of of the wrong people being in control. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, as, as well today it's like. I don't know, filmmakers, they just all seem to be playing it safe and, and with a lot of films. It's like, it's just rehashed of what's already been done. And I know it's like it's hard to come up with new new genres. Like It's virtually impossible to come up, come up with that. But there's still ways of telling stories in that haven't been done yet. There's got to be. But these film companies, as I say, they want to keep it safe because they're, well, they're all about making money. They're not really invested in the, the film as such they're just about making money to keep the studio going so they want safe films and you know all these you know we've got matrix 4 coming out you know there's two more john wicks coming out it's just like they don't seem to come up with ideas because they know how well the first two or three films did they just want to keep adding to them because they're just all about oh yeah it's a good good franchise it makes us money let's just do another one of those and i think that's you know even disney's got to that point as well with the the whole star wars thing it's taken that over for me they've wrecked it to a lot of degree and for disney star wars is just a money-making machine whereas for lucas it was a passion it was like he 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 loved what those films were about and all these film companies are the same they just they don't they don't have an interest in the film they have an interest in how much money it's going to make which i do understand because they are a business but from a consumer point of view it starts getting a little bit samey and it's like i just want something a bit different Plenty. But of course you are. Plenty or two. Named after your father, perhaps. Would you like some help? On the craps, I mean. It's very kind of you. And I think that would be... Uh, this is... <laughs> but don't forget, and this may be the reason why Sean wanted to get out of doing that, is you look at James Bond. That same story is repeated in every single... Yeah. Nearly every single film. In the <laughs> fact that... You've got him, good guy. You got the bad guy. He wants to take over the world. Uh, yeah. There's obviously a girl involved. You know, yeah. and, and yeah, but it'd be interesting to see this last one. 
if because this is the first time since Casino Royale that there's been a running story going all the way through, and this should conclude it. Yeah, but, but that's yeah, that's exactly what I was or saying. With Daniel Craig coming in as Bond, they've gone back and basically reused characters from the older Bond films. It's like they can't come up with anything new. They've had to go back and because these characters were were iconic and they were successful. Oh, let's bring that baddie back and. Yeah, okay, with the last one, I, I, they've, with Rami Malek, he's, I think he's playing a baddie that we've not really come across before. So that may be something new. But with all the others, it's all like just rehashing old characters. But don't get me wrong, I love Daniel Craig uh, and, and the Bond films that he's done. I, I think they're great. They're some of my favourites. But it's just the point I was trying to make is where they're not coming up with anything new. They're just bringing back old stories or they're just adding on to franchises that are already big because they know it's going to make them money. and. That may be one of the reasons why he got out of, of when he did. Yeah, yeah. I've just, you can see just, the way it was going. <clears throat> well, he he was saying about how you know he's he's okay with the <clears throat> with the newer bonds. He's but he just says he says it's lost something. They're trying to be a little bit mm. too PC. They're trying yeah. to appeal to too many people, and, it, and that character is quite gritty. It's quite a dirty character. Yeah, in, in a way that it sort of it's losing some of that now. You know, mm. as, as to how it should have been, but I've just been thinking about if you think of every Bond film, I know there's been female sort of baddie characters, but never the main one. No, why are they always blokes? Why are they always? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, I've just I've just know. been just going through, yeah, looking at these and <clears throat> and sort of realizing, and and funny enough, that in a an interview with with Sean again. He's he mentioned the fact that how his his a lot of his films have been male orientated. Or, or, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's sort of male focused. Um, I mean, he, he's never never played an outwardly gay character or anything like no. that because he was thinking about Sean. You know, um, he was thinking about um, Michael Michael Caine's done one. And this, yeah. this, um, this chap, he was saying, well, you know, I could see you were doing that. Game. He said, well, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, if he hadn't done it and it had been offered to me, I would have done it. Mm. But he sort of stuck to quite, um, you know, that sort of persona, like macho kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, through, you know, but not trying not to do the other ones. I suppose it's just the ones that he's picked or the ones that he's been offered. Really been offered, yeah. So, but I, I was watching, you know, the the man who would be king, and it's such a strong. You know, performance by Sean, uh, and then I was watching some other stuff like Robin and Marion. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't seen that one. No, uh, and it's like a take on you know the fact that when they're older, you know he's been away at the Crusades and stuff like that, and he's come back, and and it's how all he wanted was just to spend time in the forest with Marion, but he could not get out of being the person that he was. And uh, that was quite a good story. He never really made, you know, a big splash with with his his other films. But his, it's um, I love it as as a a character piece for him, because um, it's slightly different from like the Bridge Too Far, you know, yeah. the character that he plays in in that. And um, even Tom I just thought of another yeah. thought of another film that he was in. Um, is it called the first the first night with yes um, with um, um, oh, Richard oh. Gear, Richard Gear, yeah, and, and you can Gere. see. I mean, if you look at Sean, he he carries himself. He carries any sort of costume 
well. Yeah. He's comfortable. That's a good film. And he yeah, can that's a good film. I like that in one. any environment. Whereas you look at Richard Gere, and Richard Gere doesn't... He seems a bit... I, I don't really fit in here. You know, yeah. and he was, and Sean was saying about how certain people like Paul Newman and that would never do a sort of uh, uh, a medieval type thing because they didn't feel comfortable in the in the costumes. No. And it's like we, well, you need to, once you are, you know, you're playing a character, so you've got to feel comfortable in that, and then you you just are that character, and you can see Sean in the first night how he looks like he belongs there. Yeah. Where sometimes when you look at Richard Gere, it's a bit of a oh no, you know, you're kind of against. You don't yeah. look like the type of person who would be there at that time. Yeah. And this brings me to the point where we, we were saying just before we, we, we started recording is that, you know, whatever character John Connery was was, was playing, whether, you know, he was an, an Egyptian immortal <laughs> or, or wherever he was from, he always had that, that Scottish accent. And just by being the character he was, it was like, you kind of like looked over it. It wasn't wasn't a big thing whereas you know a lot of actors would have had to have put on uh, uh, an accent or, or some kind with him it was sort of like yeah it, it, he because he acted it so well it, you could overlook the accent and believe that he was where he was apparently supposed to have been from and i definitely got that from highlander anyway you know i i, I believed that he was like a egyptian immortal that spent time in japan and then ended up in spain you know that that comes across perfectly well and it is not so you know egyptian accent but yeah, it's the same with michael kane though we were saying this earlier as well michael kane is exactly the same no matter what part he's playing he plays his voice is the same but you overlook it and it's like not every actor can get away with that is there any other particular? I mean, I, I wouldn't mind talking about uh, uh, Crusade, but yeah. uh, was there any other other ones that you particularly wanted to highlight that he's done? Um, no, I, I think I think Highlander, The Rock, and and the, and the Last Crusade are definitely three of my my favourites. Without doubt. I came here to save you. Oh yeah. And who's going to come to save you, Junior? I told you. Don't call me Junior. Well, best bit of casting ever in any film. Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. I mean, apart from the fact that Sean Connery is only 12 years older than Harrison Ford, so (laughs) it couldn't really happen in real life. Well, to a certain extent. But, yeah, that's... and again, I'm I'm sorry, I'm going to do it. You know, he's, I should have mailed it to the Marx Brothers. <laughs> I mean, he's it's so funny as well because I remember the first, and I missed it. I don't know why, but whether or not I never saw it at cinema. I I, I even uh, uh, I think it was on the television. I think it was on the telly one one Christmas, and I hadn't seen it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm, I jumped over that. I was bit. The same. But it is watching it. And 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 appreciating it so much the first time when I when I when I watched it properly, the fact that you think he's going to be this bigger and better Indiana, and he's not. Yeah. He's got he's he's just not the action hero in this. No. The fact that he, you know, <laughs> with the lighter when they're captured, and he's got you know, I want to tell you something, son. And Harrison Ford's like, you know, not now. Don't get sentimental, Dad. He goes, no, the floor's on fire. <laughs> And, and the chair, <laughs> and they start going. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, I mean the the chemistry between them two is absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, the fact that it says when when the Alison dude when she's like, you know, it was special. It was rather special, and he's like, yes, it was rather special. And there's Harrison looking around, going, "What? <laughs> Hang on a minute." <laughs> Oh, oh dear! I like the bit, of the yeah, and the cool. in the plane. I was just about to say that the in bit the of the plane where he shoots the tail. <laughs> in the fact that he's, I'm sorry, son, and you think he's going to say it, and then he turns around with, "They got us." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! There's a lot of great moments in that. A lot of great moments. <sighs> That one. Good. It tells me some of the goose-stepping morons like yourself should try reading books instead of burning them. <laughs> His, I'm sure he got the script was written so he could do as many shushes as <laughs> in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, that 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 made it for me. It it, it was a the, the fact of the junior keep coming, junior, junior, keep, you know, keep pushing that all the time. But then when he went over the cliff, or supposedly went over the cliff with the tank, you could see the dad was like, oh my God, I've I've lost him. And I I didn't tell him anything. And then as soon as he comes back, he's like, "Uh, yeah, come on, let's go. (laughs) That brief second changes him a little bit, like gives him a hug and says, oh, you're alive kind of thing. And then it's like, come on, what what are you playing at? Come on. Back, back. Because I think the, he said with, with George Lucas that when they said, right, well, he wanted to be his dad, but it was going to be more an Edwardian type of disciplinary father rather than an American that was going to be softer. Yeah. And and you could see, he, you know, it's never, nothing's ever good enough. It's more the fact is when he's in the motorbike and sidecar, and I think he gets rid of a few people, and he looks at him as if to say, yeah, didn't I do well? And Sean's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, come on, let's get away. Or, <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. That I think out of all his films, I do enjoy that. But it's not really a you know a Sean Connery film as such. No. Is it? But that was one of his best best. He's sort of, um, sort of like um, uh, a, a, a supporting actor, really. But even even though he is a supporting actor, he could quite easily be one of the the main actor in it, if 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 you like, because if he was in it yeah. a bit more. Um, he could quite easily have taken that part on easily. It's weird the way he he literally made that decision to to retire, but to leave leave the business when he did. I think they tried to incorporate his character in the Crystal Skull, but he said no because he didn't feel that it was not big enough, but but something that needed you know needed to be told. Mm. You know, and and I think they did the right thing by just saying yes, he's gone. Yeah. You know, Marcus is gone. You know, uh, and leave it as that. Uh, but when he did, even um, though it would have been nice to see him again, but when he did leave, when he did leave the, the movie industry, that that really was it for him. Because I remember yeah, a couple of Oscars a couple of years ago, we had the Oscars. It was like the fiftieth anniversary of Bond, and there was this plan that they were trying to do where they were going to get all the Bonds. And previous because they're all still alive at that point, they were planning yeah, getting yeah. all the bonds on stage at the same time. But apparently, Sean Connery turned it down. He didn't want to do it. That's why they didn't go ahead. They they still had a uh, like a, a James Bond special in, in 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 the Oscars, but it wasn't what they originally had planned it to be. Which is a bit of a shame, really, because I think that would have been good. You know, had had them all on the because as I say, they're they're 
all alive at that point. It just would have been great to see them all on stage. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I mean, he's always been very you know, opinionated. He's always, you know, he's always stood up for what he thinks, which I admire. But it, I suppose it's, yeah, it would have been nice to have seen something like that. There obviously must be bigger, deep, deeper-rooted, you know, um, thoughts of why he didn't want to do it from a from a movie business point of view is obviously ruffled a few feathers or mm. they've ruffled ruffled his sort of thing he, he, oh, funny enough the, the, some of the interviews some of the the late night chat shows and stuff that he was on which is very few like uh, i think when he was i think it was for the rock um david letterman he, he sort of had him hanging from the ceiling for about 15 minutes and you could see you know, he came down like James Bond bit, and he got out, and he was quite suave and stuff like that. But he wasn't happy about it. He wasn't. He's never been happy with doing the theatrics of, mm. of, of bits and pieces outside the film business. And and Harrison's very much like we used to be very much like that. You didn't really see Harrison promoting a film that much, but now that's the sort of things you have to do, or that's part of your contract. Yeah. And Michael Caine's always said that. That's why you get paid the big bucks. It's not for making the film. Yeah, for what you do between. It's for the, the hardship of promoting and being in yeah. a, going to all these countries around the world and just sitting in a hotel room all day talking to 25 reporters yeah. and then going to bed and getting up and doing it all over again and hearing the same questions. As, uh, and you kind of see how, you know, from a an actor job creative point of view that's what they want to do they want to be in front of the camera doing stuff they don't want to do the other stuff that goes with it and you can understand that because why would you you don't get into acting to sit in a hotel room and speak to you know 25 reporters for a day i I totally agree and these actors they when they're behind the camera filming for the film they're totally different to what they are in real life because um harrison ford when he's being interviewed jesus he's boring he is so boring. He has trouble getting his words out. It's like his face doesn't change. It's like there doesn't seem to be any emotion there. He's just like there's just nothing. He's hard. He's hard he's work. Hard work. Yeah. Yeah. But but is he doing it for a reason? No, he's doing it so the interview doesn't last very long. And I think I mean the, there was one, and it, and uh, it, the the best interviews I've seen is is between Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling for for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and and even that wasn't about the film. No. There was there's there's one there for the I think it's the ITV breakfast show I can't remember her name and she was saying, you know, do you want to have a drink? And they're drinking whiskey like at eight o'clock in the morning right. and stuff. And and you know one of them mentions about you know have you seen the original? And she went, nope, never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that. <laughs> they're having such a good laugh. It's on YouTube and they're such a good laugh just in this interview, not about the film. Yeah, and and. Uh, and I think that's that's the only one I think he's really enjoyed. Um, Maybe because he's been I mean, from he's a, been interviewed with somebody else as well, so he's got someone like to sort of like talk to about. Some, he, yeah, he's, whereas yeah, I, I but I think also as well what came out um, with some of the early interviews, especially around about when he was starting to get really big, like with the second Indiana Jones and Witness and all like that, was the fact that he didn't. He, he, he's a very private person. Yes. And that's what they're after. They're after the, the you know, the, the little tidbits of, oh, what did you do this yeah. and do that? And it's like, well, why should I tell you? That's that's me. That's personally me. I need to keep that for myself. You you get to see my character in in a movie, a little bit about me and, and how I work. 
but you're not getting me. And yeah. I think Sean Connery was the same he way. Was. He was. Because if you think private. Sean, <clears throat> and I think that this matching in the film, they matched personalities outside as well. Mm. And that's I think that's why they got on so well. Because Sean was a very private person, you know, and he didn't do a lot a lot of interviews. Uh, I, I haven't ever seen and, one of them. And, <clears throat> Not like I can remember. And it's very he, even part of his his little group he was with. I think it was Michael Winner, Sean Connery, um, Michael Caine, a couple of other ones, Michael Parkinson, all that sort of stuff. I mean, Michael, him and Michael Parkinson have been friends for years, mm. and yet it took him about fifteen years before he would come on the show. Yeah, yeah. and you got to think, yeah, because. Um, but then wouldn't you be the same if you were some some big actor? You wouldn't want. People sticking their nose. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want people sticking noses in trying to get all the information they could about my private life. I'd like, you know, I, what I do for 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 a living is is what I do. People come to see what I do, but outside of that, it's none of their business, and it's just me. And yeah, and I think that's how you use. I mean, but 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 the media seem to think that well, you use us to promote your film. Yeah, we have a right so kind of you, to know you, about. You have, it. We have a right to your yeah. your personal information. So well, no, because this is the movie business. The fact is that to to a certain extent, you know, we 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 pay to advertise the film. Yeah. But why should I give you myself? Yeah. You know, that's probably what, as you say. Uh, why Harrison Ford is, is 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 like he is, where he's like doesn't show anything on his face is because, and he answers the questions really quickly is because he just he knows that if he gives short, quick answers, they're going to give up asking the questions because they're not getting anything out of him. You know, so that's probably yeah the reason why he's like 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 he is. But um, yeah, I'd be the same. I would. I'd be the same. I th- yeah, and I think also both of them are very have a very dry sense of humour. They're very they they don't suffer fools gladly, and no. I think with Sean as well, he's been very money orientated. Either either it's from a background or the fact that he wanted to achieve certain things. He always said two things: I want I want my own golf club and I want my own bank. Right. And when he was having this interview, he said, "I've got my golf club. I've got my golf. You know, I'm, I've got that." Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, "Okay, you're just waiting to get your own bank. Fair enough." <laughs> Um, he's and there's there's obviously personal things that have come up and down. People say that you know there's some interviews where he's very rude and bits and pieces like that. But then, you know, is it taken out of context with somebody just coming up in your face and mm. you know the, the fact that you, I think it's it's difficult because again, people like if if you were sitting there in a restaurant and suddenly you saw Harrison Ford come in and sit down at the table next to you. You'd be like, "Oh my God, it's Harrison yeah. Ford!" But you've got to realise that he's just come out for a meal. Like, and how yeah. would you like it if yeah. you, yeah, if you want to come out and then you're totally bombarded with, with everything? You know, it, sometimes it would have been nice to have just gone, mm. but the, you know, hello and a wave. And but even then, it's like, yeah. right? I think you know, that's I don't, I don't know him. Yeah. I know his characters. I don't know him. Yeah. And that's probably why a lot of these characters, like Sean and that, is like they do the they did the films they they did, and then. You wouldn't see them outside of out of side of that, but they they kind of locked themselves away because they knew that if they were to go places or to be seen, they just wouldn't be left alone. And they, you know, I wouldn't like that either. You know, so that's probably why they've kind of like, you know, you don't they're not seen to be seen outside of when they bring out a, a film because they just want some peace and quiet and just left alone. So I, totally and I think some of these media, some of these media people as well, they they bait them. They, they'll say something to get a reaction, yeah. but 
but when they put that on, they'll forget. They they'll miss out the bit that they've used to to, to wind them up yeah. and just say, "Oh, he's he's look at the way he's treated me. I only ask him a question, and he's he's backlash and come <laughs> back." And it's like, yeah, because you've wound him up to get that reaction, so you can then put it on and get clicks yes. and people wanting the photographs and everything yeah. else to make a bit of money on the side. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I I just think of him as as the as these characters. And uh, I don't let anything from his personal life or no. you know, the way he was sort of get in the way of, of enjoying the, the, the films that he's in yeah. and the characters that he's playing even then. And I think that's how I get to just see him. Yeah, uh, It's weird. It, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing Sean, but I'm seeing this Spanish-Egyptian or I'm seeing this Russian or I'm seeing this Irish cop. Yeah, but that's how it should be. Who, who are we to, um, you know, judge someone outside of in, in their actual life we're we're seeing them for the characters they're playing um and and, and that's it you know who who it's not down for us to to say what's right and wrong of whatever they do outside of that you know it's like just as like no one else has got the right to to question anything that you do in your life it's just he, he has a job where he's in in the limelight for uh you know for that couple of hours that you go and see him at, at a film but why does he have to you know, be available all the time outside of that. You know, who says that's what you have to do? And um, I just think it's yeah. I, I would be the same. I'll just keep myself locked away. I think there's one film we haven't really spoke about, probably for good reason. Although it's quite a cult film. Have you ever seen Zardos? No, I've never heard of it either. You've never heard it. Please Google it. Please Google it now, and I want to get your live reaction. To what Sean's wearing? <laughs> is it was in that red bikini thing? Yeah. yeah, I've seen pictures of it. I didn't know what film it was from, but I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, it's like apparently that's where Borat got the idea from the <laughs> the thing that he wears a, a red nappy, yeah, so to speak, and a a, a red nut slinger, and um, and a ponytail. I mean, yeah, what was he thinking? I've, I don't know. I've the, the closest I've got to seeing that film is the trailer, and the trailer is like, whoa, really out there. Really? And yeah, I mean, <sighs> at what point did he did he do that though? Was it after Bond? Before Bond? Uh, I think no, no, it was after Bond. Yeah, it was definitely after Bond. It was it was round about. Uh, I think it was round about uh, Man Who Would Be King and. And all that. Let's have a quick look, actually. Well, then, then you got to ask yourself. You got to ask yourself the question: Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, <laughs> there must have been something there that pulled. Unless he was trying to do something completely different to Bond, you know. Yeah. Um, at the time, 1974. Right. So it, it was. So it was after Diamonds Are Forever. But before his last his sort of outing, mm. uh, we'd never say never again. Uh, I think there was one uh, one other one as well. Just going through some of these bits and pieces. I mean, his uh, uh, Meteor. That was that's not a bad yeah. film. You know, dis- disaster movie is is pretty good. That was seventy nine. Um, Outland. I re- I quite enjoyed Outland. Um, one of his more like complete uh, science fiction, where he just he literally plays a cop in space. Yeah, that's quite good. A lot of these I've seen. I think um, 
Yeah, for, for me, a lot of his latest ones. I mean, even the Presidio. Presidio is quite good. Um, but then I haven't seen Family Business. No. Um, Medicine Man, that's quite good. When he's 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 um, found a, a cure for cancer and stuff, but then he loses it and he's trying to find it. But he's in the rainforest and he's he's up against time as they're trying to as they they're literally cutting down the rainforest and it's this one flower that, uh-huh. that could help. Um, but yeah, his, his later ones. I mean, Entrapment. I must admit, I've never seen Entrapment, and I don't I don't know why. I've just never got round to actually seeing it. Um. So yeah, it's kind of weird the way I'm sticking to. I want to see a Sean Connery film. I put on the older one, a certain one. I don't. I just go. I just don't put one of the ones that I've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, and I really need to start doing that because you know I want to see Finding Forrester and stuff because I, I, I like to see Sean act, not just be Bond shooting a gun and yeah. you know running along. I want to, I, because most of the time I want to watch the First Night again <laughs> because I'd totally forgotten about that film until I was looking up the other day what some of the films that he had done and I, I actually quite like that film. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go back and watch that one. Um, but you know, whenever The Rock's on TV or if I turn it over and Highlanders on, it's like. One of those films, right? It don't matter what point it's, it's in the film, you end up just sitting there all watching the rest of it anyway. It's just one of those, <laughs> one of those kind of films, especially if you know that you haven't missed a bit where uh, where he's going to be in it. You know, as far as Highland is concerned, so yeah, he's even though he's only in the film for about like you know probably in total fifteen minutes. Um, yeah, it's a great performance. That just adds to it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay, is there anything else you want to? Um. What a great actor, a great loss. Um, but yeah, as we've already covered, he he, he had stopped doing films towards the um, for quite a, quite a while. So it's not as though he was he was making films right up until the, to the very end. Um, so even though it is a, a yeah. great loss as far as he's concerned, he's not had a film out for quite some, some time. Yeah, I think that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen uh, that was released in two thousand three. Yeah, so he's he's done a couple of other bits like voiced a, a James Bond game and stuff like that. But apart from that, no, he was uh, literally that was his last sort of major film was two thousand three, and and it's and it's yeah for for me it was like I always think of him of, of looking round about the the crusade sort of look. Mm. I don't imagine him getting older. And there was a picture of him, I think literally with his son, with Jason, um, a few months before he passed. And he looked old. He looked like an old man. Yeah. And you don't really necessarily want to see that, do you? You want to remember him for, you know, the the films they were in. Uh, I think, I I don't know whether, yeah, I don't know whether it's the fact that you don't want to see them look older or the fact that it reminds you that you're getting older. Mm. Probably a bit of both, and there's nothing, nothing you can do no. about that because you know there's there's yeah. bigger people. Yeah. That yeah, there's always these 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 people from my childhood. I mean, I've grown up with 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 Sean Connery films. You know, I've grown up with Clint Eastwood films. Yeah. You know, I don't want to see Clint go, but he's he's yeah. getting on a bit now. Still working though, and yeah, yeah, and it, it's just, I suppose, him coming out of the limelight for for quite a long while. We wasn't forgotten, but you you see him at a certain stage or a certain age, yeah, and you you don't feel as if they're getting older. Well, I think as you well know, because you know you that, say yeah. his last film was two two thousand and three, 
Um, if anything, you're going to remember him for the way he looks there. And then because you've yeah. not seen him for so many years after, um, that's how you remember him. And then, as you say, you saw a picture of him not long before he passed, and it, it may have been a bit of a shock. because like, well, well, what's happened? That's not how I remember yeah. him, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It, 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 time's not kind to any person, and, um, yeah, and it's, it's a shame. But I can say he's 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 left such a a legacy of of great films. Oh yes, yeah. uh, really. I mean, uh, you know, they, they'll always keep going back about oh he he was Bond. He was the first Bond. Yes, he he was Bond. He played Bond, but he he should be known for all these other films yeah. that he's been in as well. He, he managed to really just be an actor, yeah. not the person who played Bond. That's the funny thing is, is if, if I was to say, like, if I was to sit down and think to myself, right. I'm going to watch a film, Sean Connery film, what am I going to watch? It wouldn't be a Bond. Yeah. For me, personally, it wouldn't be, oh, I'm yeah. going to go to a Bond film. It wouldn't be. It'd be like Highlander or The Rock or, you know, that's what that's what it would be for me. Um, not not taking anything away from the Bond films we're in because they were great, but, yeah, they've been done to death. I just want to see something where he's in something different. And, what? you know, yeah. it's just, the, the, let's say, that we've talked about the, the Last Crusade. Man, that was a great film, and for me to watch is better than watching some of the Bond films because I just get a bit. Oh, I don't want to say boring because that's the wrong word, but they've been done to death. Yeah, and you, you're not you're not really seeing you're not really seeing Sean. You're seeing yeah, uh, you know Bond, and I think that's the thing with the, with the <clears throat> when he came away from those, he he was Sean Connery. Yeah. Whereas when he was doing those, he was. He was Bond. Yeah. He was he was you know that character and and yeah. I just it's it's just a shame that it's, it's just going to miss anything new because there's never going to be anything new. No, that child is gone from now. Him. I mean, yeah. I mean, whether or not you know in twenty years' time when different you know morals or rights or whatever are changing, we'll have a CGI Sean yeah, crop up in a film. I, hope they, I hope don't they know. Don't do that to be honest with you. Um, I t- I, one thing that obviously you know not not having him anymore also is with with Highlander, there was a lot of deleted scenes that were lost in a in a fire. Oh, uh, and there's some some still shots of certain bits that were happening because there was another scene in in an office block, uh, which was quite a contrast to a lot of the other fights in the film because they were quite gritty, dirty, yeah. and alleyways yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And 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 this was in a pristine office. Like environment um, with a with a I think with a Japanese character I'm not too sure because there's only a couple of stills and and but all of that is you know you you'll never find that mm. because it was it's gone oh. it's gone forever and um, <clears throat> well they deleted scenes from the film were they or for, for yeah they were actually deleted scenes that were put in the original but then they've been lost so they they <clears throat> excuse me you know you've never you you have like a quite a nice uh, hour and a half whatever documentary with for the second Highlander film. But not a lot for the first. Oh, okay. You know, there's never really been anything done for the first, which is a better better movie. Yeah. But they've lost so much of the material when the when this fire happened at one of the production places that um, that I wonder if there was any other scenes with with Sean that was lost as well. Because there could have been it's, a um, uh, like a special anniversary edition or a you know where they could yeah. have put those scenes back in. So yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, I didn't know about that. That's a shame. But no, I, I, yeah, I, it will be sadly missed and. And um, I'm pleased we've got so much of his work to yeah. to, to look back on and enjoy. 
and um, yeah, yeah. I, love, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. I'll be more to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please, enough, enough. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We both hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, please subscribe so you never miss a new episode on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Podbeam. You can also contact us via our email address. Uh, it's dtbots77 at gmail.com and our Twitter account, which is at dtbots. D-T-B-O-T-S, down the back of the sofas. Uh, we can also be found on Podbeam, which hosts our website as well as our Facebook page. So, thank you very much, and we'll see you very soon for episode 9, which hopefully won't be too long. So it's goodbye from me. It's also goodbye from me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>